1: Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This Is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.Oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today. With someone who's spent more time on camera and on probably on screen than I have, uh, <laughs> Carson Cunningham's with me today. Talk about sports, uh, mate. Thanks for coming down on your day off.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. It's we we uh, we met on the golf course, and uh, you asked me to come on, and it took a little while. I've been vacationing and. You know, summertime is kind of when we take most of our vacation Uh before college football season gets going. So it's it's good to finally be here. And then you don't, you work every day, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it gets really busy in the fall, it does. And just, you just can't take a vacation because you're covering college football. And especially, you know, I work for the ABC affiliate in Oklahoma City. And if we have an OU game or an OSU game on our air, we do an hour-long pregame show, an hour-long postgame sometimes. Sometimes we do both. Yeah. And so that gets that gets really busy. Well, clearly
1: you love doing it, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't still be doing it. Um, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, so before we dive into current job then, take us back. Uh, did you grow up here?
0: Grew up in Edmond, Oklahoma. I was born at Mercy Hospital in Oklahoma City, but they took me straight to Edmond. So like I'm born in Oklahoma yeah. City, but I'm basically born in and raised in Edmond. My, my parents still live in the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny, they haven't remodeled it one <laughs> iota to where, like, when I go home, it's like going back in time. Literally go back in time. And so, yeah, I, I grew up in Edmond, and I was actually a big soccer player. I played club in high school, but club especially, it's all I thought about. Mm-hmm. It's all I cared about. And I traveled around the country doing that. And then when it got to c- time to go to college, it was like, do you want to play NAIA or Division Two, or do you want to just go to a major university? And yeah. I just decided to go to Oklahoma State, where both my parents went. And so, growing up here, I just... I didn't know, like, you never really think about what you want to do with your life. I just was playing soccer. I wanted to play for Manchester United. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to play soccer. That's all I thought about. And so that was kind of my life growing up was just playing soccer here and growing up in
1: Edmond. Yeah. And and, I mean, growing up, like, late 90s, early 2000s, when Man United were the best team in the world. You know, yeah. Brian Giggs, Cantona, Beckham, skulls. See, like Cantona was my guy. He yeah. was the guy
0: that popped his collar, and he's the guy that first I really, truly fell in love with the club. And back then, we didn't have games on TV like today. I want right. on to watch England-Germany today. But back in yeah. the day, we only had one show on a Sunday night on Fox Sports mm-hmm. with Lionel Invenue. I somehow remember the host's name. They would show highlights from every Premier League game, and that was my only access to the English Premier League. Now I can watch every league,
1: every game if I want to. So that was kind of a unique way I fell in love with with Man U. So you go to Oklahoma State. Are you doing any, like, new stuff in high school, announcing calling games in high school to get you interested in it? No, zero.
0: I mean, uh, high school, again... I went to class, I didn't by the bare minimum, I wasn't in any clubs because it was all soccer all the time. We played year-round, indoor, outdoor. Uh, We were serious Mm -hmm. and we were good, I mean, that's why we were able to travel so much, but I didn't have any experience with broadcast or news. And like I mentioned, I I never really thought about a career until I got to campus. And so just, I was so lost. My dad was a business major from Oklahoma State. He said, just major in business and you'll you'll figure it out later. Did that, was terrible at it. I mean, financial accounting 101 is the reason I'm in television because it made my brain (laughs) into mush and I could never get those numbers to add up. And I I quickly realized like, this isn't gonna work. I need to find something else to do. And you you just start thinking about what am I good at? What are my passions? And right when I made that decision to change my major, the head of the journalism, or the head of the newspaper for Oklahoma State, the Daily Oak o- Collegian, came into one of my just general business classes. and was Like, hey, we're looking for people to write for the yeah. newspaper. And you don't even have to be a journalism major if you want to, you'll pay you and all yeah. that. And I was like, "I sure. can, I read the sports page every day. How about I do yeah. that? But then when I went to switch my major, they were like, you gotta pick between print or television. And so I kind of just thought about it. And I was like, I'm way better at talking than writing. Mm. Like, I, I like writing. I'm decent at it. But I'm way better at just being myself. And I've always kind of been a people person. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll go work for the paper. And I'll major in TV. And then I'll just pick which one I like best. And I ended up covering women's soccer was my first beat. And I ended up becoming the sports editor of the entire paper. Yeah. But I took my first TV class. And I kind of knew. I was like, I'm pretty good at this. And like, yeah. it's just, it's not something you ever consider. Right. Like, I never even considered someone would pay me money to go on television and talk about sports. But then I just started thinking about it. I grew up watching it every single night with mm-hmm. Bob Berry Jr. And that's who I ultimately interned with. And he, he ended up giving me a job. So it
1: literally just kind of fell into it. Yeah. It's a real skill though, isn't it? Like when when you put yourself on camera and that light goes on and you are talking directly to that camera and you have to present in a time... I mean, I, I have a lot of appreciation for people who do that because I've tried it, and it takes. And like anything, it takes time to develop, and it's a skill. But I mean, it is harder than a lot of people think. It it's is. It's like your golf swing. That's so pretty.
0: You, <laughs> didn't, you. you weren't just born with that. You had to practice it. <laughs> right. It's the same thing. And I was bad when I first. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone's bad. Sure. The first time trying to do a stand up. We were trying to act natural. It's just. It's. It's yeah. hard. It's really hard. And it takes like reps are the most important thing, just mm-hmm. like I'm sure your golf swing too. And I work with a lot of interns that come through channel five and I've, I've gone to colleges and, and spoken to their students about it. And the one thing that was beaten into my head from Bob Berry Jr. and Bob Berry Sr. that I try to beat into the heads of, of young broadcasters now is you just gotta be yourself and the viewer will decide if they like you or not. If right. you try to be anyone other than yourself, it's going to come across as phony. Yeah. And so that took me a lot of time to kind of find my voice and kind of find my personality into my sports cast mm-hmm. Because when you first start, you want to sound like the guys you saw yeah. on SportsCenter. Well, I'm not Stuart Scott. Yeah. I'm Carson Cunningham. I'm a totally different person. And so... It's the hardest thing to do is to act natural on camera. It's one of the hardest things you can learn to. But just the more you do it, the more comfortable I am now. Like there right. are, there's a lot of times where I don't even write a script because I th- I think I'll be better. Yeah. Like when I'm standing here with the anchors,
1: I'm not writing anything. I just yeah. want to be, be me, to out, and yeah, that's yeah. that's the only way to do it. Yeah. So so you're at OSU, you find your passion, you go into it, and you figure out that I'm actually pretty natural on TV where does it go from there? You said you covered women's soccer and then, and then you become the editor. Like, how, tell me through that process.
0: Yeah, I just kind of paid my dues with the newspaper and just people graduate and you kind of just work your way up and became the lead sports writer and then the sports editor job was open. I was like, well, that'll look good on a resume, so I'll be the sports editor. And the whole time I was majoring in broadcast and doing, turning out stories and I was covering the football press conferences for, for OSU and... But the way television works, you basically have to go get an internship with a TV station just to kind of get your foot in the door, just kind of learn what that's like. And there was only one place I wanted to go was the guy I grew up watching was Bob Berry Jr., legendary uh, sports broadcaster, unfortunately passed away about six years ago in a a car accident. He was the guy that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Like, I I felt like I knew him. That's how often I would watch him every single night. And that's kind of when I started thinking about my career. Like, oh, I could do what he does maybe. And so I literally just picked up the phone and called the TV station and said, can I speak to Bob Berry Jr.? And of course, being the dumb college kid I was, I called at like, 10-15, ten fifteen. He goes on at like ten twenty, ten twenty five. So he picks it up like frantic. I gotta go. Yeah. He like wrote my name down and then he called me after the show. Good thing that
1: he picked he picked up the phone though. Well they they right?
0: had back then they had to because that was the only way you were gonna get like scores and information. Oh, so he might have thought he was, you know, somebody, it was before okay. like every score was on Twitter, gotcha. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got lucky there and he just let me intern for two summers. I only had to intern one for college and that's mm-hmm. something I beat into college students' heads. Like
1: Keep doing do, yeah. do
0: more than the bare minimum and that yeah. kept my foot in the door. Yeah. And so I was covering OSU for, my, for the school and I ran into him at a bowl game down on the field. It was Oklahoma, West Virginia Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona. I had family in Arizona, yeah. so yeah. I went out there and he literally, I literally bump into him. He says, hey, good to see you again. It's been a few months since yeah, I'd seen yeah. him. He's like, you want a job? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> but I have a semester left, and it'd be great to work in my hometown market, right. but I don't know how it's going to work. And he goes, call your parents, figure it out, and call me back. Yeah. Okay. So for two, my two off days at Channel 4, they hired me full-time as basically a photographer at this point. I, was not, yeah. I wasn't on camera right, right yeah, away, because yeah, yeah. I was literally 23 years old at the yeah. time. Probably looked about 16. So for my two off days during the week at Channel 4, I would go back to Stillwater and finish school, mm-hmm. take, finish up my last... 16 hours, 14 hours, whatever mm. it was. And then I was working 5 days a week. So I'm sitting in in stillwater like TV class. Yeah. And I'm already an employee at Channel 4. My classmates probably thought I had th- thought my head oh, was this yeah, big around. Course, yeah. they, they probably thought I was the coolest. They probably thought I thought I was the coolest yeah. guy ever and it just it was a long semester, it was really hard. I had a college girlfriend at the time, it was hard on us, but it was so worth it having a job in my home market because guys like me typically go to small town Texas right. and pay their dues and make no money. Yeah. Uh, Bob Jr., when he started, was was eating relish sandwiches. That's all he could afford. Yeah. His, his dad sent him a bunch of jars of relish. Ugh. And so I didn't have to suffer those hardships. And and he brought me along to where, you know, I'd do a story like once a month and then yeah. I'd get more comfortable on camera. He'd give me pointers, but yeah. it was pretty ugly my first couple of times. My first few stories, I'm, I'm glad that they're probably lost in the archive somewhere.
1: <laughs> Someone can find them, but it's gonna take a lot of effort to find those stories. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so tell me about like, Before we go on to like getting into TV, tell me about like just great times at OSU, covering stories. I mean, obviously, we have a shared passion for golf, and OSU Golf is, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the best teams in the nation consistently. Uh, And then, obviously, like you mentioned, traveling to bowl games and stuff.
0: Yeah. Any highlights? Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, That 2011 season for Oklahoma State, like when I was in college, like I covered the football team, but they were just kind of getting going with Gundy. He was, he had my first semester in journalism was when he got hired as the head coach okay. and then they announced they're going to build the stadium. So it was all kind of in the infancy Yeah, when I was in school, the basketball team was, was it when I was in college, I would go, I would stand in line at Gallagher-Iba, go stand, sit on the floor for that yeah. final four team. I mean, I was living and dying with that Tony Allen um, team, John Lucas. So it's, it's a weird thing. You're, you're in school and you're a fan and then you start covering the teams and then you just you just kind of realize when I cover Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, it kind of like normalizes it to where you realize they're just kids. Yeah. Like they're just, they're, eight, they're really 18, just 18, 19-year-olds yeah. just trying to like make it in the world. Yeah. And there's so much pressure on them from like idiots like me that are like living and dying with the Final Four run. <laughs> right. And, you know, adults that follow college sports so passionately oh, yeah. in this state. It's, it's a great thing. But working in the media, you just kind of get to know these guys and you realize, man, they're just like kids just Mm -hmm. trying to make a career out of this, you know? So, but in college, there was some fun memories. I went to Nebraska and covered their first win in Nebraska, like ever, I think, Mm -hmm. because Nebraska was so good for so long. But my professional career, the 2011 OSU football season, when they won the Big 12 and at that point it seemed like they could win a national championship going into that bedlam game like even I know they lost to Iowa State but there was still a chance they could yeah. sneak in like that's never been a thing like growing up i was just excited when i saw a 21 next to it she was like whoa they're in the yeah. top 25 that's cool now that's yeah. like an everyday thing but back then that season i covered just about every game that year i went on the road with them which is a unique experience that's a definite highlight. But for me, the NBA Finals in Miami, getting mm. to go the, there. We were staying in Coconut Grove, where LeBron lives. It's Ritzy Hotel, the yeah. media hotel. <laughs> pool overlooking the ocean. We All the TV guys would just lay out by the pool and get our stories done for the day. And that was probably the most fun trip I've ever been on. And yeah. at that point, it seemed like the Thunder could win the world title, which was exciting. Right. So I've gotten to do a lot of cool things. OU football's taken me a lot of cool places. Same with OSU. And the Thunder has been just that's a different thing that I've experienced because we cover local sports here, but like when when the Thunder were that good, like Mm. we had people calling us from other countries wanting Thunder video and interviews and ESPN called us all the time. And that would like put us on like the worldwide map. Like you go to any country and you say you're from Oklahoma, they'll be like, Thunder, Thunder. Right, So
1: that's really cool. Those are some of the big highlights for me. Yeah, so so you get your chance, you you know, timing just happens, right? You go work, uh, you know, at the station and you're, you know, you're earning your way through, you're getting little bits here and there. What's that first time that you're, like, does, does Berry retire and then it kind of hands it down to you? Like, how does that work? Or what's that first time for you that that you're on, like, you know, he's taking a day off and he's like, you got this, you do it. Yeah. um, I never got
0: to do that with him because he was, he was always there. And I was kind of like the number four guy in the pecking order. So I didn't get to anchor. So Mm -hmm. then I channel nine came calling the, uh-huh. you know, the arrival and they said, mm-hmm. Hey, well, we want you to be our number three. Yeah, You'll get to anchor and you'll get to do this and that. And so I, like, sounds great. Right. It was really hard to leave junior and them because he had brought me along and was my mentor, mm-hmm. but he understood. He's like, well, yeah, he he like, you got to take this. I don't have a spot to move you yeah. up. Um, and so that was kind of a weird deal, uh, with channel nine. It didn't really work out after eight months, I got caught up in a big bunch of layoffs. Mm-hmm. They, they laid off a ton of people and after eight months, I was just tossed into it. And I I never really understood what happened with that. I didn't get a real clear yeah. explanation. But it was a blessing in disguise because the spot at Channel 5 opened up right when that happened. Right. And I was doing more producing and behind-the-scenes stuff than I really thought I was going to be right. doing at Channel 9. And Channel 5 it was like pure on air, anchoring all the time, reporting live all the time. Yeah. And I've been there. I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary in May. So That's awesome. Within like a year span, I was at all the three major stations. So I felt like I was getting like, it kind of looked like I was some kind of, you know, hired gun or someone who likes to jump ship. But like, I really just took one opportunity and it just didn't work out to where then all of a sudden I'm at all three stations. Yeah. That wasn't how I planned it, but. What I've done the last 10 years was is, has been a total thrill. And it, I'm way more happier than I ever would have been probably at mm-hmm. the other two
1: based on the opportunities that have been presented to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, and to the point you just made, a lot of people don't realize that it's not just in front of the camera, like you mentioned. You're producing. Like you're taught in school to do everything, right? You're like, yeah, no. You know, it's, it's not just like.
0: It's funny. People think it's this glamorous. You know, like okay, you got to go to Miami for the NBA Finals, which that's like the right. the only trip that I could like brag about glamour. But they think like pe- teams and stadiums just roll a red carpet out for you. No, like. I've been sent to the airport by myself with over 100 pounds of TV equipment, those big suitcases I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with. Pelican cases, yeah. And I got to get one of those carts. And its I've literally taken photos of this, put on social media. It's just like, I can barely see over how much gear that I have. Yeah. And I'm responsible for <laughs> right. it. Yeah. I got to go to the stadium with all that gear, set it up, go live by myself, setting up the camera by yeah. myself. Basically, a one man band is what we call it. Mm-hmm. And when I anchor, I don't have like yeah. minions editing my video yeah. or making my graphic. I do it all.
1: No like, one's running to you, tapping you on the no, face of the towel and bringing you a coffee as well.
0: <laughs> it's funny, every time I'm out in the field and I'm live and I'm by myself, you know, I've had a lot of photographers lately too, they do a good job helping us, but there's certain times when I'm on the road where it's just me. Yeah. And people walk by and go, where's your camera guy? I'm like, you're looking at him. My tripod is all I need. Yeah. I hope yeah. the wind doesn't blow too hard here, but uh, it's way less glamorous than I think people really
1: yeah. realize. Definitely.
0: I'm flying coach. I'm just trying to make it on time. Yeah, hopefully your gear
1: gets to the place you're going. Yeah. Right? Not connecting. No. Hopefully not having to connect. Yeah. And we've had and a few of those bags. issues
0: where the bags didn't come, and yeah. you just kind of gotta.
1: Improvise, right? Uh, I guess back to golf a little bit. Um, You have, you know, you had some great friends at school, and you have an involvement in a OSU podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that and how that happened. Yeah,
0: um, I'm a co-host of Pistols Firing podcast. Pistols Firing is a an online blog slash website that covers strictly Oklahoma State sports. Mm -hmm. It was started by my friend Kyle Porter now has become one of the preeminent golf yeah. writers, golf voices. and Great follow on Twitter as well. Great follow on Twitter. He and I kind of became friends through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like he actually, when I was a sports editor at the school paper, he came in to write. Yeah. And he tried to be like Bill Simmons. And okay. it's like, well, I'd love to give you a column right away, but all my writers will quit because they've been paying their dues and they want to call them. Yeah. So he, he ended up not working very long. And then we became friends really when he started Pistols Firing and we would exchange funny tweets. And he asked me to come on his Podcast Mm. the first time. This was like this was like eight years ago. Before the podcast wasn't even Yeah, he didn't (laughs) even have a podcast. He just recorded our phone call basically is what it was. And so back in 2015 he called me while I was at the OSU Texas game and said, Hey, do you want to do a podcast like twice a week? I have a few sponsors lined up. It's like great. Like I I'm always looking for outlets to do more opinion and Mm -hmm. get my voice out there because in sports on TV we have just a finite, very small amount of time to do it do anything, let alone have an opinion. Yeah. And so he and I started doing that and he recently just sold his website to to a kid named Marshall Scott who used to work for him and he just he's just so busy with golf now he doesn't have time to yeah. to run the website and everything but I stayed on I still host the podcast twice a week and it's it's a great outlet for me to kind of keep all the stats and information like, mm. Kyle always commented that he's like, I, I, he's like it's hard for me to keep all the OSU information in here I don't know how you have OSU, right. OU, and Thunder in here somewhere Yeah. so it just it keeps me fresh especially in football season when we're doing pregame shows for an hour uh-huh. I'll have like things just ready to go up here that I've been doing on the podcast right. twice a week so it just kind of it's so that rep thing I told yeah, you about. It just helps. keeps
1: me fresh, keeps all the information mm-hmm. fresh, and I really enjoy doing it. That's that's one thing that I noticed, too, from just, like, doing... Like, people said to me, like, why do you do, like, two or three episodes a week? I'm like, because, like, it gets so much easier doing it more and more and more, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I might scale back, in, you know, to two, but... You're right, like reps, it makes it easier, it makes you more comfortable. The same with pretty much anything, it's just practice, isn't it? Uh, but when you're talking stats, it just reinforces and reminds you, okay, I've mentioned this stat twice this week. It's easy mm-hmm. and it's natural for me to pull it out rather than me like, oh, let me check and, and I'm not really confident, I'm checking it on paper and people can sense that in your voice, right, when you're checking a stat that's yeah. like, I think it's this, but <laughs> right. you know, rather than like delivering it, which is awesome, but... So continuing on then from from you know because I'm a golfer and I love to talk about golf and and you know the I masses. need your swing. I need you to help me with my swing. <sighs> The thing is, like, people watching or listening, don't copy my swing. It's the rhythm that that, that looks good. but Don't copy I'm, your swing. Have you seen the position I'm in at the top? I've looked
0: at the—this is Oklahoma Instagram account. Oh. If anyone listening, go to it. Watch this ridiculous
1: swing that Please. he has. and It looks like Adam Scott. Oh, no, it's far from that. It's more like Wolf and Jim Furyk together. <laughs> uh, yeah, and people right. listening to this who know that I grew up playing golf with, there's probably one guy listening to this, Ben Westgate, if you're listening, you could just laughing your head off on the way to work as the on, on the button.
0: Well, for a hack Go like ahead. me, it looks like Adam Scott. Well, okay, it might yeah. to a seasoned golfer like yourself. I'm sure you now. Now that no we one play likes at the, same the way game. their own swing looks, it's like hearing true. your own voice on a voicemail. Yeah, like no that's one likes true. that. It's like seeing yourself on TV. Yeah. It's hard to watch. But
1: now, it's now, good, the, trust now that we me. play at the same club. Well, we'll we'll spend some more time on the golf course. Cool, um, but. Tell me about covering golf and going to the Masters because, like, as a fan, which is different for you going because you've got to work, right? It's totally Mm -hmm. different. Like, I'm sure you would love to go as a fan and then another time go work. Um, And Eddie mentioned this on a previous podcast. It's a totally different experience. But what is it like being in media and having to deal with the Masters, Augusta National, the whole thing that comes with it, and like even getting a pass to get in? Like, It's extremely hard
0: to go to. Every local TV affiliate that has a local golfer probably would like to go. It really helped me knowing Kyle Porter, who I mentioned earlier. He goes and covers it for CBS. He kind of put me in touch with the right people to where I could even start the application process. You can't just do that. You right. have to, like, know someone to even start yeah. the application, like, because there, there's not just some an online website. You go, hey, I work for KOCO, let me in. Yeah, And so I started that process, and I really did a good job, I think, explaining why I deserved to go, because Victor Hovland was there from mm-hmm. Oklahoma State as an amateur. The Masters loves the amateur side of things with yeah. Bobby Jones. Like, they, there's a reason the amateur gets to go into Butler Cabin when they're presenting the green jacket. Mm-hmm. So I said, we got Victor there. I covered him at OSU. He's just won the USO. Yeah, US and all this He's other one stuff. of the hottest names in golf. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, oh, by the way, here's six other Oklahoma State golfers that are playing. Right. I'd like to come cover it. To my shock, they approved my credential. Yeah. So at that point, I got to figure out how am I getting to Augusta and where am I staying? And it was a, it was a kind of a crazy process. But How late did they approve you? Like, how long would you oh, have Oh, they gave well? plenty of heads up. Okay. Plenty of heads up. And then just figuring out. The process of how to get there and how to cover it, and so I get there, and I'm literally walking up to the clubhouse, yeah. and I'm just like all nervous as I get out because, like, you hear all these stories of like Augusta, like people doing the wrong thing and being banned and for life. It. Yeah, that's all I could think about right. was don't do the wrong thing, and they're very limited on where you can bring a camera. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid to even like yeah. open my camera lens, and so I, I check in and everything, and. The media center is just this multi-million dollar facility that they've just rebuilt and redone. And it's just, it was jaw-dropping. And all like the little famous foods, they have just little grab stations. You can go get the pimento cheese sandwich anytime you want. There's a restaurant where you don't pay anything. It was like going to the master's on steroids. and But I couldn't take my camera a lot of places. Mm -hmm. I could cover it. But like to a very limited amount, like for local TV, you know, ESPN has all the rights. CBS has all the rights. I basically could do the little huddle up, you know, interviews right when they get done from the scoring tent or scoring center. And I couldn't go on camera a lot of places. Like a lot of the local Georgia, Augusta, Georgia affiliate was going live out on the street. They weren't even going live inside the gates. So it was kind of just don't get fired don't get banned <laughs> you, even if you don't cover this ever again in your life right. you want to be able to come back here as a fan don't get blacklisted so I was really walking on eggshells the whole time
1: yeah and so this was eight,
0: 2018? 2018 2018 when uh, Tiger won Tiger won and Hovland gets what was uh, that was it 2019. I don't know. No, it's 2019. Patrick Reed, unfortunately, won in 2018. Beat Ricky by a shot. Yeah. But Uh, no, 2019. But you were there when Tiger won as well, right? Yes. You mentioned Eddie. Eddie and I were waiting for him. This is, I got two quick Tiger stories. Yeah. Um, Oh, we got time. Okay. Don't make them quick. You can tell me all about it. We're on the 10th hole. You know, 10th hole is probably one of the the holes I wanted to see in person. You know, it's this huge downhill. It looks even steeper in person. In person, it looks like a double black diamond ski slope. Okay. And so Tiger hits a good drive, he's in the middle of the fairway, and Eddie and I had waited. We had to wait that long. Yeah, That's the yeah, cool yeah. thing about the Masters. On Thursday and Friday, they separate all the big names to where the crowds aren't that thick. You can yeah. wait on whoever you want and go see them pretty close up. And so Tiger's in the fairway. He's literally about to take the club back, and Eddie and I feel this huge gust of wind hit our backs going out toward Tiger. Yeah. And everyone on the green starts murmuring, like, don't hit, don't hit, this wind's going to kill this approach yeah. shot. Tiger's literally, he looks up one more time and is about to take the club back. And he takes this huge step back and starts looking up at the trees. And like one second goes by, two seconds go by. Then the wind hits his shirt. You can see the wind hitting his shirt. It goosebumps. And he kind of just looks up around and he kind of waits for the trees to settle. Thinks the wind's right, hits it to about 15 feet, makes birdie. Yeah, it was like watching Michelangelo paint. It, <laughs> it is what it was like. And then the other, st- it was um, me, me and Eddie were just like looking at you, like this guy is just—he sure knows do. this place so well, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And then my the last day, I delete. And this is my luck. Yeah. So the Masters has always, always been the week before the NBA playoffs start. And for some reason this year, the NBA playoffs started that weekend. So I had to leave. I could have stayed all the way until Sunday. Yeah, I probably should have just quit my job and just stayed. If I I'd, <laughs> kn- if I'd <laughs> known Tiger was gonna win, I might have just quit my yeah. job and said I'm staying I'm through staying Sunday. To see this, yeah. So I had to leave on Friday, unfortunately, Friday afternoon. And I'm walking away from the course for the final time, just about to cry practically. Yeah. And I see on the board that Tiger's coming up to not the ninth hole. I'm like, well, it's gonna be tight, but I'm waiting I for Tiger one more yeah. time. And you know, nine's not a birdie hole. He right. hits it about 35 feet on the green. I'm like, great, I'm not gonna see anything cool. He rolls in a 35 footer for birdie and does a huge <laughs> fist pump. Crowd goes berserk, and that's yeah. really when he took off and yeah. really became one of the leaders. And I'm like, "All right, I'm good. I just got I've to seen see what I need to see Yeah. In and I got to be masses. like part of the gallery that just goes nuts with him, yeah. which was so much fun. And I hope I get to go back. I mean, um, I so, got I got approved for credentials again. Yeah, uh, this November. past year, but then the pandemic happened, right. and then. I didn't. They had hardly any media at the November yeah. Masters, and then I didn't get anything in my email about this one in the spring. So yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't able to go back. But maybe,
1: maybe next so, year. So, so the first time you went, you were covering Harvilland, and you were with all your gear, and you were there to cover. And I'm sure you were like, not. Gonna, I mean, I'm gonna might watch a little bit of golf, but I'm here to do my job. Mm-hmm. Was the same time in 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 that Tiger one? Like you were there to work as well, but you got to see a little bit of it more. Yeah, okay. I mean, are they strict on making that, sure that you are working as well?
0: Not really, which I was also kind of worried about. Like, yeah. are they going to, like, see what I'm sending back? Or, like, are they going to know, like, am I filming enough stuff? Right. Like, that was kind of the beauty of it, though, because I couldn't film anything golf-wise. So yeah. I just got to go watch, and then they, and then they, they provide the, highlights. the yeah. highlights. That was kind of the nice thing about it. I could get, with our online coverage now, you can see every shot. Yeah. I can watch Victor's entire round in a couple minutes. Yeah. And so that was nice. So I got to, I would get there as early as possible, as you can imagine, as much sleep as I could get. Because, like, you wake up and it's, like, 8 a.m. You're like, I could be at Augusta National right now. Why am I Why laying am I- in bed? So I just get up and go. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it's a place I've always wanted to see. It's literally like being on a movie set because, mm. like, you're so familiar with the grounds and each hole. But it looks fake because every there's not a flower out of place. There's not a, a dead flower mm. on the property. Amen Corner looks like a green screen, you know, yeah. projection. It doesn't even look real. It's just so gorgeous. and. It's something I'll never forget. And I was glad Eddie was there and I got someone to experience it with. And he and I, you you can't have your cell phone. That's another strict no-no. So Eddie and I did radio hits from, they have like, they have like literally like phone booths, like uh, just like the old school phones where you pop a quarter in. And uh, I didn't think you had to pay for the quarter. You can just pick it up and, and- dial collect or dial whatever so that was fun yeah doing radio
1: hits on masters (laughs) that's so cool
0: it's kind of a big flex yeah Yeah. i'm here at augusta (laughs) how are you guys doing back in oklahoma you know it's like i'm very 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 lucky and i'm glad augusta national was they realized what a good story victor was and he ended up winning the low am and he got to sit in butler cabin when tiger got his green jacket that had to be
1: just an insane experience uh i mean from everything you see about victor i mean Doing this, Pugos. He recently won in in Germany. Was it Germany? They won right BMW over the weekend. Yeah, over the weekend. And uh, watching him on eighteen, he's got a one shot, a two shot lead, and he's got two sixty over water. And he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna hit in the middle of the green. Like that's a serious, serious stones it, to do that. But oh, it is fearless golf. It's great to watch.
0: That's kind of what is his biggest strength, and also I think it's some of his biggest weakness when it comes yeah. to major championships. That's why I didn't really like his chances at the U.S. Open. Is he fires at every flag, right. and part of that's being. He's I think he's third in the world and approaches over 200 yards. So yeah. like part of that's his best skill. So yeah. he has to utilize it. Part of it's being 23 years old and not really knowing yeah. what's going on yet. But not many guys would do that. Right. The two shot lead over water 260 and he hits a pin high and yeah. it's you know easy two putt and he's he, he wins. That's he is going to be. You know, Oklahoma State has only had one major champion mm-hmm. in their history, their illustrious history, all the national championships, yeah. all the conference championships. Bob Tway chipping in out of the bunker is their only major. And I think Victor's the one to do it. I really do. Yeah. And you know, Matthew Wolf finished second in the US Open last year. He could have won the PGA if he had made a single putt right. yeah. a year ago. He was on the leaderboard this year. But Victor is just, I think, gonna be more consistent. Mm-hmm. And he did not really have a weakness his weakness was around the greens but he's improved that so much and he's just a good personality too like he's it just a fun-loving like yeah. jovial dude from Norway doesn't take himself seriously like he got that eye injury at the U.S. <laughs> Open he writes this just hilarious description about it that's just kind of who he is yeah I mean the guy drove to every PGA event in his car during the pandemic yeah like we're talking like thousands of miles how many like spoiled yeah. rich well, PGA golfers up, would do that when you when you play at OSU
1: and you're on private jets going to every golf tournament as right. Well, right yeah
0: like he's already lived that life yeah. and he's listening to his Norwegian death metal <laughs> and driving to each tournament which he's just an interesting guy and I I hope he wins a major, and yeah. it's going to be unfortunate having to root against him in the Ryder Cup, because he's, be he's going to be a menace in the Ryder Cup, too. I, him
1: and Jon Rahm together would be oh, awesome. That's going to be uh, scary. Him, I, and, him and Rory? Him and Rory, yeah. I, I love seeing that clip of him. They posted it uh, this week of the bobbleheads, right? He's got oh, bobbleheads yeah. on yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every time he's in the lead, I'm like, is Victor in the lead? And I just yeah. post that video.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh uh, so so when you're there, you get to you get to interview him as well. Then yep. you've been around him a few times, and yeah, I'd love to interview. I sent I sent him a message like when he just after he graduated, and he replied. He was like, "I'm just a little busy right now." I'm like yeah. I get it, dude. You just graduated. You're the best right. player in
0: college golf. Yeah, for sure. He signs a deal with Ping and yeah. all that. Yeah, and I've most of my interview experiences with any athlete comes in a group setting. Okay. Rarely do I get
1: one. He's so busy. Yeah.
0: It's the Masters. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna get a sit down. Right. hour long interview hardly with anybody and that goes for like even like current football players you know so it's it's hard to get to like that's one thing that's changed since when I first started in TV Mm -hmm. back in 2008 to now you you don't get the chance to get to know these guys as well as you used to right like uh, before like when the Thunder first got here like it would just be like me and Reggie Jackson. Yeah. like and, and a couple, maybe two or three other reporters. Was Royce there at that time as well? Yes. Yeah. Royce was one of the first beat guys. It would be like Royce, me, and like one or two people yeah. from the Oklahoman maybe. So they knew exactly who you are. Now, and Kevin and yeah. Russell, it was still a big well, group. Sure. But like, you know, Reggie Jackson or Serge or yeah. Nick Collison, you, you kind of chit-chat a little bit. Now, when I go into Thunder locker room, I can't even get within like five feet. There's so many Yeah there's so much more media now mm-hmm. than there was people, everyone has a podcast everyone has a website everyone wants in yeah. everyone wants access to where it's it's really hard to get to know people now with just how the just sheer like 'Cause they look out and they always see lenses. Right. Everyone has a cell phone yeah. camera now.
1: That was that's it's, a new thing. I don't know how you, that, must drive, that must drive them must nuts. I mean yeah. they're trained to deal with it, but there comes a point where yeah. you just gotta take some time off and yeah. Just, you know.
0: NBA guys are pretty good at it. Yeah. Other than Russell. When Russell they tower wasn't very over good at everybody it. too, right,
1: for the most part.
0: Yeah, and just they do so much media. It's such a media friendly league mm-hmm. to where once they're in the league for four or five years, they become so polished. Yeah. Like like, Derek Fisher was like a politician. He was spoke so eloquently. He was yeah. so good. Uh, Kevin Durant was great to deal with. He, he ended up becoming a really good soundbite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell was never that great to deal with, as we all know. But most of the NBA guys, once they are in the league, they become super yeah, polished yeah, yeah. and media friendly.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, to that point, then, with Thunder, we obviously just had the, the, the what is it, the lottery and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what's your feeling on Thunder basketball coming into the season? Well...
0: It's been a weird year, right? Yeah, and this was always going to happen eventually. Yeah. Like, we've been living a fairy tale. Yes. The fact that Thunder have the second-best record since 2009 in the entire <laughs> NBA in little Oklahoma City, like, yeah. I don't think people really grasp that. I think a lot of people realize we're probably not going to have a Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's three Hall of Famers, three MVPs. Like, yeah. that's not doable, but what is doable, and the only way the Thunder are going to get back to being the best team in the Western Conference or one of the best teams, is through the draft. Because they're never going to get free agent talent. Yeah. They never have. And the key is they're, they're they're doing, like, a supercharged rebuild. Like, it's an unprecedented amount of first-round yeah. picks they have. The lottery didn't go their way. But they have so many picks that it almost, you know, won't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, they can trade up to, like, the second or third pick if they want to. It's a matter of what are they willing to give up. So... I just think Sam Presti knows what he's doing. It's just, the trades this guy pulls off should be like vetoed by the league. Like the one that, the one that people forget about that that no one ever remembers is the Tyson Chandler trade. We never would have had Kendrick Perkins here because he traded Joe Smith, Chris Wilcox and the rights to Devin Harden for Tyson Chandler who yeah. they for some reason flagged his foot and the trade didn't go through. He wins the title like a year or two later with the Mavs. Yeah, like no one, that that trade should get turned down by the league. It's such a great trade for Oklahoma City. So I'm confident he'll draft good players. Mm-hmm. We've seen even when you know he goes against convention too. Like no one thought Russell Westbrook was the fourth best player in the draft. No one right. thought Hart. Everyone thought Harden at three was a reach. So I, I, even at picking at six, he might end up with the best guy in the draft just because he's so much better than the rest of the GMs. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bad GMs picking in front of him.
1: Well, which is good for him, right? Because, yeah. you know, you, I mean, I'm not, I didn't grow up watching basketball. I didn't really grow up knowing, I mean, I knew who Michael Jordan was, but I didn't know how good he was until, thankfully, this new documentary came out, right? And you see, like, how amazing he is. And, and but mentioned GM, so you mentioned, like, Krauss, and, like, they hated him, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just all this stuff that goes on. And it seems like Presti's really, you know, Loved in, in by many and for many reasons.
0: Well, and the thing that's most impressive about him, obviously, all the picks he's made are great, and I, I would put his resume against any GM picking yeah. wise. Pe- people poke holes in the guys he's picked. Some haven't worked out, but you can do that with any GM, right. and I guarantee his his hit percentage is way higher than anyone else. Yeah. But the thing I like about Sam, and I don't I don't know him. He's kind of an enigma. He's very. Yeah. He keeps things very close to the vest, very secretive. A lot of the way the Thunder do things are his method. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm so impressed with is he's basically become an Oklahoman, mm-hmm. and the first thing he does is take anyone who's acquired, any player, doesn't matter if they're going to be a G League player, yeah. he takes them to the memorial and shows them around and teaches them about Oklahoma and what makes the people here right. the way they are. And all the philanthropy efforts, the, the Thunder go way above and beyond the standard that teams are held to for the NBA Cares initiative, sure. where they're they're required to do a certain amount of community yeah. service. But the Thunder go above and beyond. It's it's remarkable all the work they do in the community, and that to me, I think, goes unnoticed a lot. I think that'll be probably what Sam's remembered for most here is just how a kid—I I say a kid, a, a guy from Massachusetts. Yeah became an Oklahoman and led this franchise to, like, just an unheard of level of success right away. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's, I've done a podcast with the, the, the ladies down at Thunder Cares, and, and it, you're right, it's incredible, the stuff that they do and stuff they're consistently doing. And, Building basketball know. courts
0: and, and rundown communities that don't have one. Right. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on, like shopping sprees during the holidays mm-hmm. for families that can't afford it. It's just, yeah. and I've covered a lot of those events, and it's, yeah. It really is eye opening. Just the the impact a, a professional sports franchise has had on our community, and it really has. I think anyone that's been affected by that probably they're probably
1: think about that more than any playoff run. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned obviously fall is the is the busiest time for you. You know, we've got football coming up, and then some basketball as well. Uh, what are you looking? You know, what are you looking forward to? Anything to point out? Um, you know. Is OU ever going to win another national championship in our time? Because it seems like it's the final four it's, and then just fall apart.
0: It's crazy. When Bob Stoops won the t- national championship in 2000, you're like, they're going to win. Oh, yeah. Three. It's kind of yeah. like the Thunder. When right. they got the finals, you're like, they're going to win three or four of these. Yeah. And for some reason, here we are 21 years later, they haven't. But I'll say this. This is the best chance they've had in over a decade. 2008, they made the championship game. Great game against Florida. Could have gone either way. Didn't win it. They now have the defense to hold up. I mean, just go back to the Big 12 championship game last year. They held Iowa State to, or their offense, rather, mm-hmm. got held to three points in the second half, and they won the game. Yeah. I mean, when would that have happened over the past decade? Never. <laughs> I mean, their defense was historically bad for yeah. so long to where Lincoln Riley has just totally revamped their recruiting on the defensive side. Alex Grinch, the day that Bob's or the day that Mike Stoops was let go, I said they need to go hire Alex Grinch. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the best defensive coordinator in the country. Lincoln agreed with me. Hired him. He's doing a great job. He's recruiting much bigger size in the secondary, which they need. But this is their best shot at it in over a decade. And you mentioned the fall. It's my favorite time of the year. You know, I I grew up playing soccer. That was my passion. But my favorite sport has always been college football. And that's why I love living here. We have two top 15 programs in the country in our state, which is unheard of. A lot of, like only like Alabama can probably say that in Florida, maybe. Um, So it's my favorite time of the year and I'm just looking forward to being in a stadium full of fans. Yeah. Like this last year was rough for everybody and just seeing some of the golf tournaments now with fans and the mm-hmm. energy that it provides, I can't wait for football season to do that. same yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Talking mm-hmm. that then you could, finishing off, you, you know, you soccer is your original passion. Uh, do you cover the energy much? I mean, it's it can't be easy, but Yeah, um, everybody
0: that plays, I mean, I, I get it's hard to go to the games because they're on the weekends and I'm, by myself yeah, in yeah. The studio but like i'll show i'll show highlights yeah. and stuff it's just they haven't really it's hard to catch on with them like the the names change so frequently it's yeah. you know it's 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 hard to it's not like the thunder where we right. have the same guys for 10 years yeah. you know so it's hard to i feel like they it's hard for them to catch on name well, recognition it's hard for them to wise
1: too right you're competing with you know college sports and and well the and thunder just as well yeah and then i love the local passion from the fans
0: that I've seen from like, the energy has a decent following a yeah. good following and so I do my best to cover them it's just it's hard for me to get to a game I like to go to a game it's just yeah. it's hard on the weekends I'm so busy but yeah I get it but I know people that work there Tyler Vaughn does a great job working for the energy and uh, I love to see them win a championship. That, that's that's how you generate right. a lot Buzz, of interest. Yeah. Is go go win it. So they they've they've had a tough time doing that too. So hopefully they can have a great season this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, mate. Thanks for coming down any day off. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, for people listening, how can they follow you? Get in touch. How can they listen to the the podcast and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. No, I'm very active on Twitter. I think sometimes people recognize me more for that than my work on television, <laughs> which is funny because yeah. I like to be humorous on there. You can follow me on Twitter. at at koco carson on twitter uh i have a facebook page uh, under my name for koco as well and uh you listen to the osu if you're into osu uh you can go to pistols firing we post a podcast there twice a week you can also find that i think on on soundcloud and in various other podcasting platform. So this was a lot of fun. Thanks Thanks, for having me. Yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to teeing it up soon when the golf course opens. Uh, And if the rain stops, we can go hit balls. Well, we're
0: going to use this camera and we're going to film my swing and you're going
1: to... I want to... By the end of it, my swing is going to look like oh yours. Gosh, you're going to be more laid off than, <laughs> than half of the country that was a few years ago. Anyway, uh, appreciate you coming down. Yeah, and, this was fun. And for everyone listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.Oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply. Member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening.